It's good to see you this morning. Some of you I'd like to see. You're through the camera, uh, so I can actually see you, but uh, I'm glad you're joining us. Glad to see everyone that is with us in person, and we invite everybody out next week uh, to our grand opening in this location. You're like, well, you're here. Yeah, but we've been getting ready. We've been practicing. Uh, the sermons are real. The singing is real. Uh, but there's some logistics that we're, we're uh, been worked through, and, but uh, we're going to be ready for you next Sunday morning, Palm Sunday. When Jesus came out, they rejoiced at his coming into Jerusalem. Well, we're not Jesus, but let's re rejoice next Sunday on April the 10th as we come together to celebrate Jesus. This morning, our message is going to be from the book of Hosea. The book of Hosea. And you might be wondering, where's a Hosea? If you can find Daniel in your Bible, Daniel's a pretty good sized book, you should look just to the right of that. It's in Hosea. So if you would uh, take the old, you know, the old trick was uh, you take your Bible and you split it in the middle. If you have a Bible, you split it in the middle, and that'll take you kind of uh, get your idea, and you'll end up in Isaiah. And you're going to turn right, and you're going to move your way over to, until you find Hosea. So I'll give you a little bit of time to find that. It's good Bible work. Um, and we're going to start out in Hosea chapter 3. We're going to start out in Hosea chapter 3. Now let me talk to you a little bit about Hosea before we get too far along. In our story, and uh, we learn about Hosea's wife. Hosea's wife's name is going to be Gomer. Now, I'm sorry, when I think of Hosea being instructed to get married, and then he chooses his wife, and his wife's name is Gomer, I can only picture Gomer Pyle. And I can't imagine marrying somebody that looks like Gomer Pyle. Now, some of you don't know who Gomer Pyle is, but you find him on the reruns out there somewhere. Gomer Pyle and Sergeant Carter. Or you can find Gomer Pyle out on uh, the Andy Griffith show. So, there you go. But uh, he has to marry Gomer. Gomer. So, and in this book, it talks about the relationship that Hosea has with Gomer in similar fashion to the relationship that God is having with his church. And you remember in the New Testament that Jesus talks about, or we'll, we'll, we find that Jesus is coming for his bride. And you find this description often in the Old Testament of this marriage type relationship between God and his people. And when his people go astray into idolatry, the verbiages that will be brought out and descriptions are the concept of idolatry. Basically, that the Israelites cheated on God. Cheated in their relationship with God 
and went to other gods, false gods, gods that they had made with their hands. We talked a little bit about that just recently in our, in our messages. And they went after these false gods, and we could talk about, um, in, in been a while, but we preached on, when we preached on gambling and some of the things around luck and fate, they might be chasing the god of luck and the god of fate, and I know, and today, people are superstitious, and people want to uh, have rabbit's foot, or they want to do things, and they want to have good luck. Well, good luck is one of the false gods that's talked about in the Old Testament, and we talk about the luck and fate, but that's how they go worshiping, and words will be used that they go, you might not like this word, but the Old Testament will use the word, they go a whoring. They go into prostitution, as it were. Prostitution is basically, as you imagine, is the concept of I am selling my body in order to get something in return. I'm selling my body in order to get something in return. And so these Israelites would basically go after other gods because they believed that they would give them things. They prostituted themselves. They went a-whoring, basically doing things they shouldn't, in other words, to gain what they thought was benefit, and they broke relationship, damaged relationship, committed adultery with God. In the concept of depicting it in a marital situation, they were cheating on God, and what happens when someone cheats on the spouse? They get jealous. And God is a jealous God. He expects us to worship just Him. Remember the message, no other God. So that's where we find ourselves as we go in Hosea chapter 3. And we're going to look at some different passages in Hosea. But let's start with Hosea chapter 3 and, and verse, verses 1 through 4. Verses 1 through 4. So let me read. Hosea 3, 1 through 4, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. Hosea then says, So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver, And one and a, one half homers of barley. It's a measure. And I said to you, you shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So too will I be towards you. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. Now what is it saying? Gomer had be, went and cheated on... Hosea. They had already had three children at this point, and it got bad enough that she evidently had left the household, got so involved in prostitution that he had to buy her back from slavery. Do you see the picture here? She had left the committed relationship went after other lovers, went after other gods, 
to the point that she was now a slave to it. And at this point, Hosea goes and buys her back. As we come into Easter, can you see this picture? God loves us. And for some, maybe God, you had a relationship with God, but you went off after other things. But Scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 6.20, and I'll just tell you what that says. You don't need to turn there unless you want to. You were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are bought at a price. You are bought at a price. You see the symbolism here? Hosea acted out that symbolism and going after his cheating wife. His cheating wife that had become enslaved to the situation. How many people have you run into that have become enslaved to sin? How many people do you know that maybe have backslidden from a relationship God and now they become enslaved to some addiction. They've gotten to the point that they cannot find their own way out anymore. They're so deep in to whatever sin it might be that they're captive to it. But we are bought at a price. Those that are redeemed are bought at a price, but God extended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinner, Christ died for us. He extends us that are stuck into the bondage, the captivity, and we can't find our way out of sin and says, I have paid the price here. Take my hand. You're stuck in the mire, you're stuck in the clay, and you can't get out of it anymore, here, take my hand. I've paid the price. I've paid to redeem you. And so this is the picture that we see in Hosea. And Hosea talks about this language and this movement, and, and God works and speaks through him throughout the book. I would invite you to read the entire book, but we're not going to do that this morning. But let's go back to Hosea chapter 2, and I want to read to you verses 4 through 13. Hosea chapter 2, verses 4 through 13. And as we look at this story, we want to be reminded that this story, this event that took place, helps us in our understanding from God's perspective as he looks at us helps us to see some things that are going on. And so we look at Hosea 2, 4 through 13. I will not have mercy on her children, for they are the children of harlotry. For their mother has played the harlot. She who, see, she who conceived them has behaved shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers, who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. Therefore, behold... I will hedge up your way with thorns, this is God saying, and wall her in so that she cannot find her paths. She will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. 
Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband. For then it was better for me than now. For she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine, and oil, and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Therefore I will return and take away my grain in its time, and my new wine in its season. And I will take back my wool and my linen, given to cover her nakedness. Now I will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and no one shall deliver her from my hand. I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbaths, all her appointed feasts. And I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, of which she has said, These are my wages that my lovers have given me. So I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. I will punish her for the days of the bales to which she burned incense. She decked herself with her earrings and jewelry and went after her lovers, but me she forgot, says the Lord. Forgot. Forgot who was providing the bounty, who was providing the resources. Forgot, and God says, fine, I'm going to take them away. And we'll find in Hosea, it'll talk about where God takes it away and puts them in a wilderness, and they start to realize they're in a wilderness. They're distraught. They're like that captive. They can't get out. And then it's when God comes in and says, listen, I can provide for you. But sometimes you have to go through the desert place to have the realization that it's God that provided in the first place, and it's God that can provide again, but you need to confess And seek him. But he's going to go through a learning. Now, I want you, I'm going to read this scripture again. Who is God talking to? He's talking to the country of Israel. But I think we could probably find parallels. If you think about this and read this as though he was talking to the country of the United States of America. And I want you to listen and see what you think. Because... We remember that they used to pray when they founded the country, and they, they prayed about that God would give them direction. And there were many ministers that were involved. But let's read this as though, instead of talking to the country of Israel, that God is talking to the United States of America. And I just want to read it again. I want you to listen to it with that ear and see if it resonates at all. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up your way, with thorns and wall her in so that she cannot find her past. She will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will, re I will go and return to my first husband. For then it was better for me than now, for she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine, and oil. It's almost like it's a simple repentance. I'm just going to go back and, and he'll give it to me. Because she says, for, for she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine, and oil, and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for me. Therefore, I will return and take away my grain in its time, and my new wine in its season, and I will take back my wool and my linen, given to cover her nakedness. Now I will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and no one shall deliver her from my hand. I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbaths, all her appointed feasts. 
and I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, of which she said, These are the wages that my lovers have given me. When I read that, I think about people saying, they forget God and say, this is from my brain. This is from us. This is from the government. This is from all these things, and we don't acknowledge God. These are my wages that my lovers have given me. So, the response is, I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. I will punish her for the days of the Baals to which she burnt incense. She decked herself with her earrings and jewelries and went after her lovers, but me she forgot, says the Lord. It seems here that God can teach a country as well as he teaches individuals. And a country is made up of individuals. And I dare say that in many circles or large circles in the United States that they have forgotten God. And it's like, hey, look what we can do. And it might truly require that we go through the hardship to realize how finite that we are and how much we don't understand. What was the saying that we said that we needed to trust the science? I like science, but I'd rather trust God. I'd rather trust God. And the thing is, is if you trust the science and you talk about science and things, you'll find that the science probably in the long run blends together, but sometimes what people call science is what they want to call science. What people call things is what they want to, to call it, because sometimes we go after our salvation and say, say, look here, this is how I got my food, and this is how I got my clothing, and this is how I got what I got. I got it because I went after these false gods, whether it was luck or whether it was science or whether it was numbers or whether it was social opinion. I got it this way. I didn't get it from God. I forgot from whence I came. And so for us to have a revival in the United States of America, we might need some people to have some hard times. And we've had some hard to years, but I don't know that some people are yet to wake up. But for the ones that are waking up, you are bought with a price. The price is available for all, but if you're in the quagmire, if you're stuck down and you're stuck low and you can't find your way out and you look at all the fighting and the bickering and the stuff going on with the government, God's reaching Jesus reaches and says you are bought with a price he paid the price take my hand take my hand as we turn in Hosea as this discussion continues and we go back a little bit farther in Hosea chapter 9 in Hosea chapter 9 now we're going to push our way through we got a few more readings but we're going to stay in the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Do not rejoice, O Israel, with joy like other peoples, for you have played the harlot against your God. You have made love for hire on every threshing floor. Their threshing floor and the winepress shall not feed them, and the new wine shall fail in her. 
Don't think there aren't consequences for working against God. Don't think as an individual there aren't consequences for going after whatever immediate pleasure that you're going after. Don't think there aren't going to be consequences. There are prices to be paid. I think it's somewhat arrogant to think that as a country that we do whatever we want and we don't think that there's going, not going to be consequences. The God of love. We talked a few weeks ago about what love is, but the God of love is also a God of justice. And part of that justice sometimes is waking us up to say, you're going down the wrong path, you're going away from me, I'm going to place you in a desert and wake you up and then have the opportunity to turn back. There are consequences. There are consequences. Sin is pleasant for a season, but there are consequences. Hosea chapter 10, verses 12 through 15. The cry is, Sow for yourself righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. We've been advertising and talking about preparing for next Sunday, our grand opening here. What is, it, what is the top of it? It is time. For it is time to seek the Lord. How long? Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Verse 12 again. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way, in the multitude of your mighty men. Therefore, tumult shall arise among your people, and all your fortresses shall be plundered. As Shalman plundered Beth Arbel in the day of battle, a mother dashed in pieces upon her children. Thus it shall be done to you, O Bethel, because of your great wickedness. At dawn the king of Israel shall be cut off utterly. You have plowed wickedness. You have wreaked iniquity. Because you trusted in your own way in the multitude of your mighty men, you forgot God. You went a-whoring. You went after other things. You can apply this to an individual. You can apply it to a country. Hosea 14. There are nine verses here. They kind of break into three sections, and this is where we'll conclude after we get through Hosea 14. Here comes the cry in verses 1 through 3. O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity, receive us graciously, 
for we will offer the sacrifices of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We not, will not ride on horses, nor will we say any more to the work of your hands. Let me say, read that again. Assyria shall not save us. We shall not ride on horses, nor will we say any more to the work of our hands. You are our gods, for in you the fatherless finds mercy. Confess. Take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously. You read in there in verse 3, Nor will we say any more to the work of our hands, you are our gods. What's that mean, the work of our hands? We talked about it last week a little bit. You take a piece of wood, and then you carve it, make it look like something, and then you bow down and worship it? And that becomes your god? We go to work, go to work, go to work, then the work becomes our God. We serve the work. Because it's the work that gives us all that we need, right? It's the work that gives us the food we need. It's the work we need. It's the work. Or it's the money. The money will satisfy my needs. So now I need to pro trust in the God of luck. The God of faith. Or the concept of karma. That if I do enough good, enough good comes back to me. I'm going to trust in all these false things. I'm going to trust with the things that I built with my hands and those become my God. I trusted in those. I'm not going to do that anymore because every good and perfect gift comes from I'm going to realize it's not me. Like the Laodiceans that says, look, I have needed nothing. I've become rich when actually they were poor. They confess. Verses 4 through 7. God's response. I will heal their backsliding. I will heal their backsliding. Yes, you actually found the word backsliding in the Bible. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For my anger has turned away from him, I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall grow like the lily and lengthen his roots like Lebanon. His branches shall spread, his beauty shall be like an olive tree, and his fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under the shadow shall return. They shall be revived like grain and grow like a vine. Their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. I will heal the backslide. I will love freely. He says, I want you to come back. I love you. I will love them freely. I like that in verse 5. And lengthen his roots like Lebanon. Lebanon hadn't had these cedar trees, but you think about a tree lengthening its roots becomes more stable and planted. And we conclude with verses 8 and 9. Ephraim shall say, What have I do to any more with idols? I have heard and observed him. And I, excuse me, observed him. I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. 
The righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. The ways of the Lord are right, the righteous walk in them, walk in his ways. The transgressors stumble in them. It trips them up, God's rightness, his righteousness. Remember who provides. Remember who can provide. Remember when we talk about how great a country we have. When you think of our roots and where those things came from. Remember when the things you had, how did you get there? Because sometimes we walk with God and seem, things seem pretty good. Yes, we have hard times, we have up and down, but sometimes in the pretty good, we kind of get lost and we forget. We forget who our protector is. We forget where we have been supplied where we have been provided for. We forget. And then we go after our own little ambitions. And we think that it's us. And we think that we're so smart. Because we've clearly, if we all agree together, we're smarter than God. If we've been talking about that's not the case. So be diligent in your pursuit of God. Don't forget where things come from. Don't forget how he has helped you. And how do you not forget? You praise God for who he is is, and be thankful for what he has provided. You pray for your food. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes I do short little prayers. But it reminds me, thank you for the food that I have. I was told one time, uh, the gentleman that planted the church that I attended as a boy... He used to thank the Lord for, his, for the water in the glass. But are we thankful? That's how we remind ourselves that it's from God that we get our strength and our help. And in those praises and the thanksgivings, we remind others, but it helps keep us diligent and keep us on focus so that we don't backslide, we don't go a-whoring, we don't go cheating on God, seeking these seeming pleasures for a season. We need to do that individually, but we can see the impact of when multiple of people forget God in a country. You become a country devoid of God. And God might have to cast it into the desert. Or God might need to pass judgment. So let us take instruction from Hosea to remember where things come from. But as we come into Easter, the celebration of Jesus' resurrection, we're reminded that we are bought with a price. Even though we have extended ourselves to the point that we are captive to this sin and we can't find our way out anymore, that he has bought us. And as he extends his hand and says, let me help you, I love you. Take his hand. Confess your wrong and come back 
into the fold. And if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you're trapped, he died for you as well. You just need to open up to him and say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong I've done. Please forgive me. Come and save me. I want to follow you. Help me to follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. That prayer is that simple. I've led people in that prayer that have died a few months later, in some cases died a week. But you don't need to go through all the pain of life and the sufferings of sin. You can accept Jesus now. Let's be standing together. Father God, I pray to Lord that each one in the sound of my voice would find a place of prayer and say, Oh God, search me. Search me. May we be reminded from which all blessings flow. May we be reminded of our need of you. May we be aware that maybe for revival to come in our country, that the country needs to go into the wilderness. But help us to stay revived and renewed, refreshed from the bounty that you provide us in our souls, that we might be strengthened for the fight that is for us. Father, as it would seem, people hopefully are seeing the fragility of life and that we need you, that it's time that they come together that they seek your face, draw deeper in the word, to return from their backsliding and get right with you. Oh, for those, the Lord, that are running astray, they're cheating on you, they're running away from God, Lord, we do ask in a redemptive way that you would lead them through uh, conviction to Lord. May they be miserable in their sins. May they feel the weight of sin only to help them to be aware like the prodigal son is they're eating with the pigs and they need to turn back to you. That they would follow you and seek you. We thank you for your sacrifice for us. Your extension of love for paying the price for our sins. May many accept you. May many follow you. And may many of us be reminded to stay close to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we contemplate, as, the, as recordings and things are going on, let us be mindful that we would ever be diligent to what God has asked us to do.